Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you've enjoyed the last few podcasts I put out. You're probably wondering what this noise is behind me. I'm actually in the woods right now uh, fixing up my shooting house for rifle season coming in next week. Um, Great podcast last week. Wealth of information from Tim about the rut and everything. Um, I, I know I definitely put a lot of that into play when I was hunting the last two weeks of archery. Uh, fall archery Um, as far as archery goes uh, it's out of season ended last night Um, comes in after Christmas Uh, next week rifle season comes in now you can still shoot with a bow if you wanted to but I'm not if I have the opportunity to uh, if I have the opportunity to use the boomstick I'm gonna use the boomstick you know shoot farther and as far as the rut goes, it's still full swing. Uh, last night, there was a doe that, I mean, she was booking it behind my stand, and she had a young buck behind her uh, right about dusk. And uh, so the rut's full swing still, but I, I decided to come out here today and um, thought it would be something different, you know, to do the podcast out here. Um, fix up my shooting house. Uh, I got some free free stuff at work so I got to utilize the lumber that I had to fill in some gaps and then uh, thought I'd add a nice touch to the shooting house and put some carpet in there you know Uh, maybe keep things a little warmer um, for late season and definitely during rifle those cold mornings Um, but a little update about what's been going on uh, will come right after this break Well, we're back here, and no special guest that I'm interviewing today. I'm going to just be sharing a little bit about archery this fall and how this has been my best fall uh, archery hunt that I've had in Pennsylvania. It's it's amazing how, you know, when you had the time to just go out, the more that you see, the more you experience. Um, it's been a crazy fall, though. Um, it was really hot the first three weeks of October. And then even November had some warmer days too, uh, but it's been a crazy, awesome, awesome season. Um, even though I have a doe only punched in, um, I've just I've seen plenty of deer. I've seen uh, this monster buck. I call him a monster, at least for what I've seen. Uh, he's an eight or a nine. Not totally sure what it is, but. Um, I'm pretty sure it's an eight. Uh, he's, I've had some several, several close encounters with him. Um, he's come in 15 yards, seven yards, but he's a, I, I'm gonna say he's at least a two and a half to three year old uh, buck. He's really smart. Um, he, I guess he knows exactly where my stand is and because he never offers a broadside shot when he's walking towards, he's always walking straight towards me, and then uh, he's always with the same two doe, and um, it's awesome, always with the same two doe, and so when I see those two girls come in, I'm like, all right, get ready, here he comes, and sure enough, 10 minutes later, he comes in, chasing them. Um, I had one opportunity for a broadside shot 
early in October, and I took it on him. And um, my range was off. Uh, pulled the range finder up. I mean, I was shaking. It's crazy because that's the biggest buck I've ever seen. And pulled the range, find, range finder up. Says it's uh, 40 yards. I said, okay, 40-yard pin right on him and shot right over top of him. Uh, part of it, I think, too, was there was a younger doe that, like, ran right by him just before I was shooting, so he did kind of move. But I also found out when I got home that the battery was low on my rangefinder, so I don't know if that affected it or not. Um, so that was, like, the only opportunity that I had to shoot at him. Other times, I guess he remembered, He, I guess he remembered that time that I shot at him, and he, he never offered a broadside shot after that. Um, he'd come in though close and it's thick over there and so he'd come in and he would stay in the bushes and just only show me his face and I couldn't really do much just hope and pray that he'd come closer or offer a broadside shot but that opportunity never came so but I mean what can you do you know so I'm I'm uh, gonna hopefully get him in rifle we'll see what happens uh, it's been really, really rough after the time change just because of how dark, how early it gets, how dark it gets early, how early it gets. And, uh, I mean, I'm leaving the stand now at 530 and it's ridiculous. The buck always came in at like six. So, um, it's, it's, it's been a rough, it's going to be a rough late season, but I'm planning on shooting bow in late season. Um, probably shoot, shoot out of my shack because of how cold it's going to be, um, but, you know, to me, I'm, I'm at the point, though, where, you know, yes, I love going, but I'm not going to be all too sad about um, if I don't get them, just because I know next year I'll be hunting with my fiance, and so she's never shot a, a deer before, but she's really good with a bow, so um, I want to put that into practice and maybe, or into play, and hopefully she can get a buck, so... Um, there's just something about seeing someone that have never gotten a deer get one for the first time. It's just that smile on their face, them all shook up. It doesn't matter the size of the deer. It's just seeing them get a deer for the first time. So um, after we take a quick break, I actually have a special guest giving a devotional this week. Um, I would have talked longer today, but I got to finish the shooting house and get things finalized for next weekend. And... Uh, for the devotional today, I'm actually going to have my future father-in-law give the devotional. So I hope you enjoy him uh, as much as I do hearing him preach. this podcast finds you having a wonderful day in the Lord. I am Chris Kaiser and I pastor the McGregor Baptist Church in Acton, Indiana. I've been asked by Seth to give a Bible devotion uh, to his audience today, so I'm going to try to keep it uh, along the lines of a hunting-themed devotion. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start in Genesis chapter number 10 and in verse number 9. And this is the first mention of a hunter in the Bible. In Genesis 10, verse 8, the Bible says, And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. 
He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. In the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Cana, in the land of Shinar. Cush is the father of Nimrod, and the father of Cush was Ham. Uh, Noah, after the flood, he, of course, before the flood had three sons, but after the flood, we see that those three with their wives would uh, begin to repopulate the earth. And Ham had a son, Cush, and Cush had a son named Nimrod. And Nimrod would actually go on and establish uh, a couple different places, but one that's very well known is Babel. And uh, that's a, a city, a, a country, really, an area that uh, has a thread throughout the, the scripture from this point on. Well, we find Nimrod, the Bible says, was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And in order for God to do a work on earth, he would end up calling a man named Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldees, which just happens to be the area that Nimrod established earlier. So in Genesis 12, in verse 1, it actually talks about Abram, who later would become known as Abraham. And the reason it's important to understand the founder of Babel is because it really helps us to understand uh, human government. Human government is a realm that God has uh, ordained, and yet we find that God's work is not typically done through human government. It's needed, but it's not something that God works through. So God will actually call Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldees, which is Babylon. He says in Genesis 12, 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Through the process of time, Abraham would have a son named Isaac, and Isaac would have a son named Jacob. Jacob's name would be changed by God to Israel. Israel would have 12 sons, one of whom was Judah, which ultimately would be the line that Jesus Christ came through. Before Christ came in Israel's history, Israel declined as a nation because of their own sin. Proverbs 14:34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Because of Israel's sin and rebellion towards God, Israel would be taken captive by, you guessed it, Babylon, the same country that was founded by Nimrod and now reigned by a king named Nebuchadnezzar. After 70 years of time in captivity in Babylon, Israel would return to the land, their own land of Israel. But the point I want to show here is how Babylon, after a couple thousand years uh, of its creation under Nimrod, was still a mighty hunter. 
who was seeking to take down vulnerable prey. The Bible refers to Babylon and all human government as a beast. We can learn a lot in reference to hunting by watching a beast hunt. The most fierce hunter in the animal world is the lion. The lion is known as the king of the jungle. The devil in the Bible is referred to as a lion that is hunting human beings. It actually says in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Human government is a good hunter because the devil is a good hunter. Human government claims to be for the little guy. All the while, they are extracting more and more from those who work and putting those who don't work in dependency upon them. But as with all government, as it seeks more and more power, ultimately a stronger nation comes along and conquers it. This is how the devil works to conquer people as well. He seeks to keep people working for their own salvation, which does not work while keeping the Christian busy funding his schemes. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, referring to the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are all the groups that the devil has set up to conquer you and I. Wherefore, the Bible says in verse 13 of Ephesians 6, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Yes, the wicked, the devil, they are shooting darts at you and I, like an arrow that you and I shoot at deer or any other animal we are being shot at as well. Verse 17 of the same text says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's a blessing to be a hunter in the day that we live, and I think it's a skill that we need to have. But understand that not only do we hunt, but then there is someone hunting us. In our spiritual lives, we are being hunted by the devil, which has physical ramifications. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. But Satan has come seeking to destroy your life and conquer you like a mighty hunter. The only answer to this is found in the armor and in the other passages we looked at, which is that we need to stand in the power of his might. We need to trust Jesus Christ first for our soul's salvation by faith in his word as we put on the whole armor of God that then we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Become aware 
of who is hunting you. Don't just hunt thinking you're not hunted. There is one seeking to destroy your life as well. Don't give the devil the opportunity. Get into the Word of God. That's where you'll find your answers. It's a blessing to be a hunter, but it's not a blessing to be the one hunted. If you would like to know more about how to stay out of the devil's crosshairs, reach out to Seth. He would love to have that conversation with you. I hope that you have a very blessed day. Thank you.